Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Turn with me over to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 3-4. through 4. We are continuing on in our series of comfort and care for one another. And this morning's going to be a little bit different. So I'm going to preach for uh, just a few moments, and then we are going to break into groups. And we're going to talk through a few things, and we're going to pray together. So this morning's going to be a little bit different. Prepare yourselves for that. If you're like, "Uh uh-oh, what do I got myself into if you're new here? Um, We're going to do that. We're going to read this this morning, and then we're just going to uh, pray and ask the Lord to, to be with us and help us. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are our Father. Thank you that you are our Father. You are the Father of mercies, not a Father of anger or a Father of of disgust, but you are a Father of mercies. God, your mercies are new to us every day. Lord, thank you that you are the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Lord, we pray that as we close out this series on the way that you have loved and cared and fathered us, God, that we would hear from your word this morning, that we would be transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ and how we have been tied together, knit together with him in his death and resurrection. So, Lord, we pray today, open our eyes, open our ears. God, I pray that you give us faith to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This passage out of 2 Corinthians we've been looking at for the past few weeks. And this passage really calls us to reorientate ourselves, reorientate the way in which we understand and care for one another. I mean, here it is in this passage, it talks about the God of of all comfort, the Father of mercies, who comforts us so that we can comfort others in their afflictions. And this this confronts us with the the own selfishness that we see in our lives and, and the way in which we so often keep to ourselves. I think it's, it's amazing how when we are confronted with our selfishness, how it's a bit of a slap in the face. I think Brooke and Corey just got married. Things are going well, but there's going to come a day when as they're sitting there staring at each other, they realize how selfish they really are because their selfishness affects the other person, right? You've all had that moment in your marriage where you realize like, wow, I am unbelievably selfish. I can't believe this. I didn't realize this until I got married. And then it confronts you. And the realization is this passage of Scripture, it confronts us in that and causes us and forces us to, to, to see things differently. That really this is about my brothers and sisters. This, 
this comfort and care for one another can only take place in the context of community. This isn't something that we can do from a distance. This isn't something we can do just staying in our home by ourselves, with ourselves, doing our own things. This comfort and care in which this verse calls us to is something that must take place in the context of community with our brothers and sisters, with the ones who God has called us to be with. And so for us, it means staying connected together. It's a call to stay connected. We also talked last week about loving people in a way in which is honoring to them, in a way in which they feel loved, in a way in which maybe is different from our own. And so we talked about that way in which God says, look, I want you to love one another, and that may mean having to love them in the way in which they feel loved and cared for, not just what we think is appropriate. This morning, we're going we're gonna to turn over to Philippians chapter 2. In the Philippians chapter 2, we are given one of the most beautiful descriptions of, of Jesus Christ in his ministry while he was here on this earth. And in this passage of Scripture, it, it, uh, it unfolds for us and calls us to walk with Jesus Christ in what He has done for us. And so I'm going to read this through. This is, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. We're going to make a couple observations, and then we're going to, we're going to break into groups like we said. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now I want to make a few observations from this text. The first one is this, that in verse 3, he talks about counting others more significant than yourselves. Counting others more significant than yourselves. And as we look at these things in which God is calling us to, it's important for us to understand. This isn't a list of just, okay, now go do these things so you can become better Christians. This is a a grace-infused calling that as we behold Jesus Christ and look at all that he has done for us in the cross, how he has redeemed us and saved us and ransomed us, that as we behold Jesus Christ and the glory of who he is, we are becoming increasingly transformed to be more like him. This 
this calling for us to count others more significant than ourselves is only possible by the grace of God. As beholding Jesus Christ and seeing who he is and what he has done, we are transformed. And so he says, count others more significant than yourselves. What does this look like? Well, practically speaking, one of the ways we see that every single week here is in children's ministry. There are people, even now as we are sitting here, enjoying listening to God's word being preached, hopefully you're enjoying listening to God's word being preached, not falling asleep, there's people downstairs in the basement right now serving our children, proclaiming God's word to them, speaking to the children about Jesus Christ, about his love and his grace and his mercy. It's a beautiful thing that happens every single week. It's about considering others more significant, about considering children and their need to hear God's word proclaimed more important than me sitting here hearing God's word proclaimed. It's considering others more important than yourselves. It's like throwing a shower for Adam and Chrissy. Hey, there's a lot of things you can do with your money. But yet we're going to say, you know, we're going we're to shower them with gifts and blessing and love. Verse 4, it says this, Look to the interests of others. Look to the interests of others. This morning we, are, we, are, we have an opportunity to give an offering to China. And this is just after we have given an offering to Nepal. We have brothers and sisters all over the world. In Nepal and China and every country on the face of this earth who are our siblings, who are our family in Christ. What a tremendous blessing to look for their interests, even over and above our own. There's a lot of things we can do in this church with the money that we've, we've given in Nepal, China, other places. But we've had the privilege of considering their interests above our own. I commend this church. This church is a generous church. This church is a giving church. It is a blessing. But I think that is practically how do we look to the interests of others? That is one way we do that. We look to the interests of our brothers and sisters. So how, is, how are those two things? We're just kind of cutting this short for the sake of time. But how are those two things even possible? When I consider my own selfishness in my heart, the way that I'm geared naturally to just look after my own interests before the interests of anyone else, Look what it says in verse 5. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is only possible because of Jesus Christ. This transformation in our thinking, this reorientation of our love, this way in which we care for one another and look to the interests of others is only possible because Jesus Christ, first and foremost, lived his life in such a way that he laid his life down. He gave of himself. He considered other people more important than himself. He left the, the beauty and majesty of heaven to come to earth to live and to die for our sins. It's only possible because of Jesus Christ. It's only possible because of the grace of God that transforms us and changes us to be more like Jesus Christ. That's how this is possible. He can only say this. He's... The Apostle Paul can only write this to the church because Jesus Christ has made it possible 
in his life and death and resurrection. He's not just slapping down more rules for believers. He's saying there's a grace available for us because of Jesus Christ that transforms us and changes us. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, we've, we've spent the last three weeks talking about how, what does this look like to care for one another as a church, as believers? And this morning I thought to give more application for that, but we have so many contexts to which to speak into. Everyone's life looks so different from one another. Your work situation, your home situation, your neighborhoods, your friends that you have, I mean, everything is so, so different that I thought this morning what I'd like to do is take, take some time. We're going to take 10 minutes. We're going to break into small groups. So groups of just kind of cluster some people together, groups of four or five or six, however many is appropriate. And what I want us to discuss this morning is talking about how do we care and comfort those people in our lives, in our different spheres. So we've got family, we've got, we've got neighborhoods, we've got church, we've got work, we've got friendships. We travel in many different spheres in our lives. So I want to talk about how do we practically live this out in those spheres. And then I want to take five minutes after that to pray together. And then we're going to close with communion. Sound good? Okay, so we're going to take ten minutes to talk about caring for and giving application for this in our own lives. Take five minutes to pray. Then we're going to wrap things up with communion. Okay, so let's do that now. I don't know if you just want to group along with people who are in your pew or people around you, and then we'll come back together after that. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and take communion together now. Um, so go ahead, and if you're still praying, wrap, wrap that up. Um, ushers, if you guys can pass around the elements for communion. Um, We'll all take that together as a family. Um, um, As the bread and the juice passed around, um, I hope that was helpful for you guys. I hope there was an element there of of connection and caring for one another. Um, I know for our little group up here, it seemed like in some ways there were more questions than there were uh, answers. Um, But really what the Lord kind of impressed on my heart was that a lot of times caring means um, we just want to know that we're not suffering alone. We want to know that someone's there with us. Um, and that brought me right to the incarnation, really. Christ, Christ left heaven and he entered into our, our suffering, into our grief, um, into our mess. Um, and and he, he cared for us in a way that we could not have done ourselves. Um, and so... Um, as we take communion now, it's, it's the perfect time. Um, that is what we do when we take the bread and the wine as we remember um, Christ's incarnation, his body broken, his blood shed, um, and we look towards the future and, and uh, proclaim his death until he comes. And we look forward to that day when um, all griefs, griefs will be done away with, when we will see him face to face and things. So um, let's just hang tight for a minute or two while they're passing that around to the rest of us and Um, Then I'll pray and we'll take it together.